Welcome to another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast, featuring the Almighty Be Live, the Money Man Scotty D, and your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. The Sports Bros Podcast is a sports podcast that's by the fans for the fans. Talking sports just the way you like it. And without any further ado, let's give it up for the Sports Bros. Once again, it is time for your favorite sports podcast, none other than the Sports Bros Podcast. You see us in full gallery view here. You know, B-Live got his Hulkamania pose going on here. Scotty D wearing his bucko shirt. So you know what that means, brother. WrestleMania is also right around the corner, and so is baseball season as well, too. I can go on my ankle here rambling, but I'm going to stop. And with that being said, I have two of the best co-hosts in the world. Introducing first, the almighty B-Live. What's happening? What's going on in the world today, man? That question never gets old for me. I don't know about the listeners. I apologize. But hey, 149 episodes long, and there's absolute craziness going in, on in the world. But hey, let's focus on what we like to talk about. That is sports and madness, baby. We are down to four, the final four. Y'all already know what this show is going to be filled with. So I'm going to just go ahead and get out of the way real quick. Introduce the other guy. I'm not even going to pick on him this week. Some, at some point in time in the show, I'm going to pick on him about something. Because he's going to say something and I'm going to say something else. But it, I, I, I digress. Eddie Cool, go ahead, go ahead and introduce the other guy. Okay? You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we always have plenty of show for that. And with that being said, here is the other guy. He is the pride of Washington, Pennsylvania, none other than the one, the only, the money man, Scotty D. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I think I like it. And why am I excited? Well, guys, a number of reasons. Number is, first of all, we got uh, a very special guest we're going to talk to here in a little bit. I'm excited about that. I'm excited for the final four coming up. Duke, North Carolina, Villanova, Kansas, Blue Blood Full Final Four. I'm excited for that. I'm excited because baseball season's coming up next week. I'm excited because it's WrestleMania week. And I am excited for the most anticipated movie sequel in history, G.I. Jane Part Two. I oh, you, so you off the chip. You is off the <laughs> that, that's how that's how we doing Whoa. things. I am excited. <laughs> no, we, we will not. No, we will not. No. I should slap myself for that one, huh? Somebody should slap me for that punchline right there. Because, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, a slap Punchline. Punchline. For, for, for anybody out there listening, um, just look up alopecia. Just look, just look it up before anybody else jumps in any other conclusions and bad jokes and everything. But we came here to talk about sports. That is, <laughs> that is not sports related whatsoever. And unless you're talking about um the movie Ali, that is boxing, but that, that, that's neither here nor there. Right, Eddie, cool. Amtrak, you, you know what? Hey, us. I made it. Hey. I'm the world's greatest. All right, let's get this thing started. Here it is, the top of the order. All right, so let's go ahead and hop into the final one, two, three, four. All right, we're going to talk about the final four basketball. And, fellas, in particular, it's Blue Blood Mania. Just as you said, all across these last two games, we have North Carolina Duke 
and Kansas Villanova. We'll get to Kansas and Villanova in just a second. You're going to love the discussion that we're going to have about that. But, fellas, let's go ahead and opine upon this here uh, North Carolina and Duke game. It is a rivalry. It's the last Ooh. hurrah for Coach K. I'm looking at the kids from North Carolina. They're so happy. Hubert Davis, he, ooh, ugly face, boo-hoo, crying. One of the kids from Duke, he called Coach K to go. He's like, boy, shut up. I ain't trying to hear all that. Fellas, <laughs> what can we expect out of this game between Duke and North Carolina? We can expect everything. everything. Anything that you can think about when it comes to a college basketball game, expect everything. You'll be surprised by nothing. This, I, when I tell you that, just you, let me, let's start right here. I reside in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm in the heart of college basketball royalty. Raleigh, North Carolina is an hour away. Durham, um, North Carolina, where Duke resides, is an hour and a half away. Capitol Hill is an hour and a half away. Miles separate between two schools. Everywhere you go to watch a basketball game, you will find a Duke fan here and a North Carolina fan here. Everywhere you go, this is the most highly anticipated match in the history ever since John Naismith decided to um, – in his mind, to put a ball together and put a net and a rim at somewhere on a tree branch, whatever. James Day. Ever since yeah. the ever since the invention of the basketball game, there's never been a match, never been a game, never never been. It's never been more highly anticipated than this game right here. Expect everything. This is the epitome of madness. Where, where do we start? Do we start with um, Duke and Ranchero balling out? Do we start with um, Do we start with Armando Baycott for North Carolina, unstoppable in the paint? Where do we start? Who's going to step up? Man, it's just uh, I'm all over the place. I, I'm woo, buddy. I usually do karaoke on Saturdays. The game is at eight forty nine. I usually start at nine o'clock. I called my boss. I said. I don't think it'd be a good idea to have no. karaoke on Saturday during the North Carolina Duke game. I'll be there. I'll be there. But I would much rather be, turn the TVs all the way up. Ain't nobody trying to hear me sing. That went down to Georgia. He was looking, no, ain't nobody trying to hear none of that. <laughs> Man, I'm just telling you, just please let me have, I'll, I'll start karaoke after the game is over. I'll do it then. doesn't matter. But just, woo, Roy. This is corny that it's written like if you write it this way, it's corny because we've never seen this before in this tournament. I mean, there have been times before you say, oh, if you look, if Duke gets to this bracket, North Carolina gets, they could meet again. They could meet in the finals. It's never happened. Not that I, not that I'm aware of. I, I don't believe no. this has ever happened, right? Ne never. Ever. First time. First and, time ever. First time in Hubert Davis first year and Coach K's last year coming off of Coach wow. K's last game at home that got ruined by North Carolina, and they were so excited talking about that, not thinking they were ever going to have to face Coach K again, and here he is just a few weeks later. I mean, I'm glad that I'm not a fan of one of these two teams because I don't know how my heart could take this going into this weekend. I mean, not only that, but 
North Carolina is a team that I didn't really take all that seriously coming into the tournament because they had some bad losses earlier. Maybe you can attribute it to the fact that things were askew last year with all of college basketball and they're under their first year with Huber Davis and the team hadn't gelled together yet. Whatever, they're gelling now. I mean, I talked last week about how not only could I not believe that North Carolina had built a 25-point lead against Baylor, but then they lost that 25-point lead and had to have some heroics and overtime to win. Well, when they got hit in the mouth against UCLA last, what was it, Thursday night or Friday night, they responded. They didn't, they didn't collapse like they did the week before. And uh, was it Caleb Love at that point? He just said, we are not losing tonight. We are not losing tonight. And he got hot down the stretch and he carried them across the finish line. And then, you know, you got to give credit to St. Pete's, St. Peter's. Nice story. But I don't think any of us really thought they were going to beat North Carolina, did we? We didn't really. We didn't really. They, North Carolina just on TV looked too big for them. They just. Yeah. They, it was a noticeable difference on TV. And, it, you know, you see St. Peter's in that game and you think that's really a 15 team. But North Carolina doesn't really look like a number eight seed team. They look like much, much better than that. And I, again, I, that goes back to the fact they had some losses earlier in the year and they're and they're putting it together right now. I mean, they, the, these teams and Duke, I feel the same way. I thought they looked lousy and lethargic against North Carolina. Didn't look so good in the ACC tournament, but now they look good again. And it's like. I, I don't know who, who to even pick to win this game. Do we, do we even know a line? Has anybody heard a point spread? It couldn't be more than a bucket, I wouldn't think, either way. I, I, I would suspect it's got to be no more than a two-point spread, but that's riffing off the top of my head. But I, yeah, I, you know what? Vegas can kiss kiss one. There ain't nobody caring about it. Well, I know you might want to bet on the game, but there's no way you can put an honest, decent line to this game. You have no idea. North it's Carolina should not. It's a pick. North, North Carolina shouldn't be ranked eighth. They should have been an eight seed. Duke has a two seed. St. Peter's has showed us clearly they weren't a 15 seed. So, I mean, but at the end of the day, I mean, North Carolina was just bigger. And it, I mean, take nothing away from St. Peter's talent. Those guys are talented. They've got a heart. They were ruthless. They beat teams that were bigger, faster, stronger. They brought all the heart in the world. But at the end of the day, North Carolina's strength was St. Peter's weakness, and that was in the paint. And Armando Baycott it literally has been unstoppable this entire postseason in the paint. And they've been they leaned on him heavily. He had 20 points, 22 rebounds in that game against St. Peter's. Like this dude is just a beast. He's a beast. He, I, I saw that one coming. Nothing, nothing to go against the Peacocks of St. Peter's, Jersey City, Jersey, um, New Jersey. Stand heck of a run, heck yeah, of a run. absolutely, man. This is where this is where it comes down to. It's Are, you lit- oh, Are you excited? Oh, <laughs> Are you excited? Very. I'm excited. I wish I was in the Carolinas right now for the, for this one. Overtime Sports Cafe back in the day. Oh, this would be Jesus. would be would be having it would charge a cover charge to this one. This you would be, absolutely you would have to. You would have to. You would have to stand fire marshal fire marshal be there just like no 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 yep. you and you you, you can't you gotta come with me. Can't get hey you, you literally like if I was a sports if I was a sports bar manager owner I'd have the projection screen outside. I have roped off everything. I would have extra tables. 
this will be exactly what it's going to be. Like stakes have all, been higher. Never oh, ever been high. only time that's remotely close. I'm gonna throw some, I'm gonna throw some extra history at you. 1971, NIT was the only time. There's, there has been one time in postseason where North Carolina and Duke faced. And North Carolina did beat Duke, if I'm not mistaken. Let me pull that up real quick. I had it right. Sure. Back then, the NIT was a lot more important back in those mm-hmm. days than it is yeah. today. And North Carolina beat um, Duke um, 73-67 in the semifinals in Madison Square Garden of the, um, the 1971 National Invitation Tournament. Man, even, even back then, that rivalry hadn't blossomed anywhere near to what, what it's gone through. Through the years, through through Dean Smith, through Coach K and and Roy Williams. I mean, it's just this is it's, it's really as exciting as you can possibly get for a, a huge rivalry. I mean, it it really is. It, it, it's it'd be like if you take uh, Ohio State and Michigan and put them in a national championship game in college football, or Auburn, Alabama, put them in a national championship in football. I mean, you're talking like the, the, some of the biggest rivalries and putting it all on the line for them. I mean, only way it's bigger, obviously says if it would be one game later if it was for the national championship but nonetheless final four you go into the finals if you beat your most hated rival gotta love it i'm gonna do you one better I, like i said i'm i'm in i'm i'm in the time machine right now because this almost happened in the national championship 1991 Ooh. duke will end up winning it all against unlv but um North Carolina, no, actually, let me take that back. They beat Kansas in the Kansas, final. They, yeah, they yeah. beat Kansas in the final. They beat UNLV in the semifinal. North Carolina faced Kansas in the semifinal and lost to Kansas. And just okay. to go out there, who was coaching Kansas at the time? Roy Williams. Roy Williams. <laughs> yeah, Roy Williams. You had Roy Williams, Dean Smith, and Coach K in the same final four. Wow. And Kansas outlasted North Carolina. And of course, um, Jerry, um, Tarkanian, um, or you and yeah, dude. So I mean, but that's how close it was. That would have been the absolute dream match. But Kansas did outlast some um, North Carolina, and then Duke ended up beating Kansas in the final. But that's, it was close. But we actually have it in the final four. I, for again, we wish we can only wish that it was a national championship. But there are two other teams out there, and we cannot ah. forget about them. There are two other teams out there, and Kansas that's being one of them, and Villanova being the other. That's going to be an epic matchup as well. This is literally blue blood central. Everything that we could wish for. North Carolina has six championships. Um, Duke has five national championships. Both Villanova and Kansas have three national championships. Man, like literally, literally come on, get my notes together because I'm, I'm telling you, I came in hot with it. UNC has the most Final Four appearances all time with 21. Wow. Duke has 17 Final Four appearances. Kansas has 16 Final Four appearances. And Villanova has seven. This is – sorry, mid-majors, but this is <laughs> – sorry. I, it, we, want to, we want the Cinderella story. We want the double-digit seeds from time to time. But, no, this is it right here. This is, this is college basketball purity, royalty, the beginning yeah. of an era with um, – Hubert Davis, the end of an era with Coach K, Jay Wright for Villanova, DA, the up and coming day. You cannot complete an NCAA March Madness tournament without mentioning Villanova at some point in time. Then, of course, Kansas. Come on. Kansas has the most wins of all 
time in basketball. It's, it's, it's everything we wanted. Woo! Blue, blue on top of blue and mo blue. All four teams have blue in the colors. Oh, it's, wow. It's, Wait, that's stay, stay home, Gonzaga. Quit wasting my time. <laughs> quit, quit trying to fool me every year, Gonzaga. Stay home and ah, learn. Hey, there's, there's two things I want to say. Number one, can we all agree that Shaheen Holloway is gone? Is going? Is somebody's going to pick him up real quick? Somebody's going to give him a job somewhere? It, it, it it's, not, it's not confirmed. It's not confirmed. Okay. There, 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 was, there was discussion. There was talks about it. And so, but um, because I look, I looked into that. Yeah, I did. I of course somebody tweeted something like within the man was still in the locker room when that tweet came out, and I was just like, come on, bro, that had to been already either work, which it could it could still be very much in the works because there is a coach, um, head coach opening at Seton, Seton Hall, Sheen Holloway, um, alma mater, Seton Hall. I mean, it, it almost would make perfect sense. But not, let, let it marinate just a little bit. Let the man just let, let him at least yeah. take the bus ride from Philadelphia back to Jersey <laughs> yeah. City. The bus ride, yeah. they, they, they tweeted that thing at 7.39. The game ended at 7.15. He couldn't have been <laughs> on the phone in the no. last couple But, man, Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's, uh, I, it's one of those things where a lot of teams have made damage one time, flash in the pan, Cinderella story, and we don't hear from her again. I hope that's not the case, but it's so, it, college basketball, there's so much that could go on. It's tough enough just for the um, mid-major conferences to win and get the um, get the automatic bid. It's uh, tough enough just to win your conference. But to do what they did this year is nothing short of miraculous and wonderful. I love it. I love it. Stand up, Jersey City, New York, New Jersey, them boys. Hey, we the ones that make noise up in here. I mean, it's what is, for every, and but I'm gonna go ahead and say this real quick. And for my hometown of um, um, North Myrtle Beach, all of y'all suckers that come from up north, come down south, you gotta tell us where you from. Yeah, hey, we 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 don't care. It's just peace and tranquility down south. That's why people move to the south. Ain't nobody trying to. It, only a couple people I know move up north. Ain't nobody trying to have all that gold. I said what I said. Eddie Cool Amtrak this thing. I done, I done went off the rails. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and speaking of uh, Shaheen Holloway, that would be like a perfect full uh, full circle story, and then um, and then um, Gonzaga, Mark Few, it's been twenty years. You got to figure something out, player. Twenty years. You got close. Was it last year or the year before? You got real close several times. I don't know what's going on with Gonzaga. You got to figure something out. But I guess you got to have that Shaheen Holloway attitude. Scared. My guys are from New York and New Jersey. Scared of what and scared of who? Wow. Here's the th- here's the problem with it, unfortunately. You know, like, you start really seeing what a team really is when it gets into conference play. You see, you see, you, that's the one thing. Iron sharpens iron. Mm-hmm. That's why the ACC is what it is. Even though on a down year, you see where the cream rises to the top at the end of the day because two teams from the ACC are in the Final Four and could have easily been a third. But Lord Jesus, Kansas should—they just said, "Uh-uh, Miami, y'all, y'all, y'all feeling, y'all feeling yourselves a little bit." Kansas made that game ugly really quick. But Miami could have been in the Final Four as well. Could have been three teams from the ACC, but the ACC had a down year. Iron sharpens iron, and it happens every year. Mark Few and Gonzaga, they've been trying because they've been scheduling out of conference, huge games out of conference at the beginning of the season. 
And at the end of the day, the West Coast Conference is just, it's St. Mary's. And then can you name anybody else from the WCC? Pepperdine? San Francisco? I mean. San Diego State, maybe? Maybe. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's just not, exactly. it's not the same type of competition. That, yeah. Pacific, no Pacific. Where did Michael Oliver Candy go to school at? Pacific. Yeah. Hey, hey. But again, that's, but you see, that's exactly my point. It's like Gonzaga at the end of the day, yes, St. Mary's had a, they beat him one time this year. And boy, oh, watch out now. But at the end of the day, Gonzaga doesn't face that stiff competition. They faced it at the beginning of the year. It sort of waddles in the middle in conference time. While other teams are getting stronger and figuring out themselves, Gonzaga's been beating teams by 20, 25 points. Scoring, they, they lead the, I, they they're, or they lead or they're very close to leading the entire NCAA in scoring because the competition that they face. And then when they hit madness, then they start facing teams that they haven't seen before. And then you say, oh, we're not exactly who we thought we were. And then this is the result. I don't know what what will it take for Gonzaga to get over the hump. It's going to be have to make a run and get hot, but it's not going to happen this year. Bring on the final four, baby. Bring it on. Yep. Bring on the final four. And guess what? Duke, North Carolina, that's not the only game in town. When we come back, we're going to bring on our special guests and we're going to talk about the Kansas and Villanova game. Stay tuned. Coming at you next. Ladies and gentlemen, everybody else, we told you that we had a surprise for you here. Of course, we talked about UNC Duke on the first part of our Final Four discussion. We're going to talk about the other part here, the other game, if you will, Kansas and Villanova. But we have a special guest joining us right now. Um, He is the Senior Associate AD of Communications at Villanova University. Uh, Please welcome Dean Kenefick to the Sports Bros Podcast. How you doing, Dean? I'm doing great. Thanks uh, Thanks for having me. I'm excited for the opportunity to chat with you guys a little bit. Thanks, Dean. We greatly appreciate it. And also thanks to Scotty D for making this happen on such short notice. We know that you're a busy man and got a lot going on. So Yeah, you know. once, once Scott called, I drop everything. Whatever he wants, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, just so you guys know, uh, Dean and I have known each other since we were in sixth grade, and he has wow. been a yeah. fan of Villanova basketball since I've known him. So him working for Villanova would be like me working for the Cowboys. And not only that, this is the guy that came up with the nickname, the money man. This is the originator of my nickname right here. So oh, that's, that's the big life accomplishment he has right there is, is uh, giving me my nickname. There's a hundred percent facts there. All facts. Wow. Wow. And and, and you and you've been trying to change your nickname the whole time. You're trying to become the main event. You're the money I am adding man, on. baby. I'm adding on the money man, the main <laughs> event. Yeah. You, you'll be the you'll be the money man. Now look, I can only do Tom Brady with the thousand names. I can't do can't do the money man, Scotty D, the main event, main event. prime attraction. I'm not doing all that. I'm not doing that, okay? <laughs> All right, Dean, while we have you here, I know that you're a busy man. We're going to ask you a few questions. Um, so you've been at Villanova since 1995. Well, that's pretty good. Um, can you explain to us what your role is as the senior associate uh, AD in communications at Villanova University? Yeah, so basically my office oversees all the communications of the, of the department, of the athletic department. So uh, we handle you know, all press releases, set up all interviews with uh, coaches, um, handle the website stats, run, run the game events from a statistical standpoint, from a communication standpoint, uh, write the game notes, the media guides, game stories, 
And then um, we kind of have different responsibilities. Uh, so I oversee, there's eight of us in the office. I have seven people below me that, uh, that work for me. And we do, we do various, uh, handle various sports. I oversee the office. I handle football, um, women's basketball, and I do men's basketball postseason um, as well. All right, so this is at not just not look not this is not at a, a community college. This is at a D one um, university, Villanova University. For those that don't know where Villanova is uh, located, could you tell everyone where it's located? Yeah, we're about fifteen miles west of Philadelphia, so we're um, in the suburbs of, of the Philadelphia. It's called the Main Line area. Of, okay, outside of Philadelphia. Okay, all right, B Live, you got a questions for Dean? Oh, um, and that is um, that is an, that is an incredible resume and everything. That wow, like just you can only imagine the amount of um, amount of work that goes into this. And now I have to ask, with the um, the rise of Villanova men's basketball, especially, and also the women's program, hats off to them. I was definitely watching um, both the um, men's and women's matchup, Villanova versus Michigan for both programs. So that had to be yeah, something exciting. Great. Yeah, and weird. so. Timing. Man, oh man. So how um the past few years, especially with the rise, um, 2016, 2018 national champions, yeah. like how how has that increased? How has your role increased during that time? That's a really good question. It, um it's just uh the attention that the program gets now is it's crazy. I mean, it's it's basically year round now. When I first got there, um, it was never like that. It was seasonal, like anything else. It was basketball season, then we turn whatever the next spring sports and um, but now it's, it's, it's like almost 365. Now we get so much attention with, uh, all the, all the, all the accolades that Jay Rice has, has done and, and all the accomplishments. So it's, 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 it's become a year, year long thing. So we, Mike Sheridan from my office handles basketball on a day-to-day basis. Um, so he's busy on a consistent basis with a lot of requests. A lot of, I think the biggest difference is more national attention. We've always had the, had the local attention from the Philly media. I think it's more the national attention that, that's come to fruition now with everything he, that he's accomplished. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, a- you, know, you know, talking to Jay Ray, like we talk, we we do a, a segment on a show every week, Dean, that we we ask a question and and we let our listeners and Facebook followers answer. And the question we asked last week was now that Mike Shashevsky is retiring, who do you think is the best college coach active in the game today? And B Live and I both, before we knew we were having this conversation with you, we're we were saying it's got to be Jay Wright. He's the only active mm-hmm. coach with yeah. multiple championships right now. I mean, what what's what's he like? I mean, what what's the secret to his success? Is it his recruiting? Is he just like a, such a great game manager? I mean, what what's he like? I'm sure you must uh, interact with him somewhat out there, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can answer one word with what sums up their success: culture. Um, the culture he has built there is is incredible. It's it's it's. Um, I know some people talk talk about culture, but they live it every day. And um, it's not like something that they say they live it. Like it's, it's a culture that he, he's built. And I you know, you hear like these, the Jay Billis is the world and the Doug Gottlieb is the world. So we can, they, they use the same thing. The culture that he, that he has with that program is incredible. They, they do the same thing. They're so consistent, everything they do, how they do it, how they handle their business. Um, it's just what, what he's been able to do from that standpoint is amazing. How, how they, how they, how they play hard. I mean, two things that you can say about, about, Going over basketball under Jay, they're going to play extremely hard every game, and they're going to they're going to defend. Now they might not they might have a bad shoot night and all that, but those two things are consistent every game, and they're going to share the ball on offense. But you, if you just see how hard they play and how detailed they are with everything they do, it, it's it's mind boggling to be honest with you. Well, they're they're getting the accolades from them because that's 
the whole panel on CBS is saying basically in, in so many words, kind of what you're saying with the, the consistency where they're, they're not lauding them as being like a splashy, flashy kind of team, but just right. a team. I mean, you're the best free throw to cheating, shooting team in the country, like at a historic level. I mean, yeah, if you, if you watch, watch the way they play, it's just the, um, they're so detailed, like the pump fakes, it's the spacing, it's the footwork. That's it's the, it's the little things that what separates, I think, them from the, the other teams. Like, you know, um, you know, everyone runs certain offenses, certain things. It's, it's the little things I think that's, that separate them. And if you kind of look at how the roster every year, you know, they get good players, obviously, but they're not getting the top 10, top 20 players year in, year out. Um, they're not getting right. the one and done. It's just the culture and the guys. Just, and I think each the, the way that each the upper class and teach, young, teach the younger kids, that also plays a big part because they, they kind of teach the guys the going of a way for lack of a better way of saying it. And then it kind of perpetuates itself through, through that. And, um, but it, it is a detail. It's credible. I think you see it um, in the pros because a lot of our guys have gone on to have some uh, really nice pro careers, the Jalen Brunson's, the, the Bridges, the Dante DiVincenzo's, um, all those guys, Josh Hart. I think Jay does such a phenomenal job preparing those guys for the pros with all the, you know, like I said, the footwork and the shot fakes and, and the spacing and just the, all, the, all the little things. The, the intangibles, I guess, is maybe the way to, to sum it up best. Stuff that's a lost art a lot of times Correct. with the, the big programs, yeah. I, it's one of those things, uh, me having a basketball background, mm-hmm. I've been since um, six years old whenever I could first pick up a basketball. One thing, fundamentals, and I just love free throw shooting a very, <laughs> very much lost art, and I, that's one thing. I enjoy watching because so many games are lost at the free throw line. It's free. It is free. Yeah. Like I remember the days of just practicing hours and hours on end, just free throws. And if you miss, you're running. So I love seeing the Villanova program. I love seeing what Jay Wright is doing there. It's phenomenal that the program that he has. And just, so, just seeing, it, seeing it rise among, like, because this is truly a blue blood Final Four, and to have Villanova be mentioned as part of the Blue Bloods because of, especially because of the recent success that your program has, is truly phenomenal. This is a college basketball enthusiast dream. Sorry, mid-major programs, but it's the big boys that <laughs> came to play. So, um, yeah, we did. He did. The free throw shooting is amazing. They're, they're thirty. We're thirty-seven games into the season. They're shooting eighty-three percent from the free throw line. Wow! <laughs> like it's it's. Um, I think I'm pretty sure. Um, as long as they don't have a bad weekend this weekend, they're going to set the NCAA record for the highest free, highest free throw percentage in a single season. But eighty three percent, thirty seven games in is crazy. That's phenomenal. And I, and I, you know, the, the game against Houston the other day wasn't the prettiest of games, but when it got no. down towards no. the end, you know, I'm watching with my dad, and I said, Villanova is close enough with like two minutes to go where they're going to have to start shooting free throws. Houston's going to have to foul yeah. these guys but down five. If that's the case, it's going to be over. They're not, they're not catching them. Yeah, I think we were 15 or 15 in the line that game, and I think they were like 8 of 17 or 8 of 15. That was a big difference. There you go. Mm-hmm. It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. All right, so, Dean, I'm kind of um, – I don't know if I've already told you I'm a um, – I graduated from the University of Arizona Global Campus, and I'm a journalism and mass communications major with a minor in communication studies. So communications is my thing, as you can see with, you know, me and Brian and Scott and doing this whole Sports Bowl podcast and everything. Um, yeah. What is – an average day for you? Huh. That You know what? I get asked that question a lot. It's a, actually a really hard question for me to answer. Um, okay. just, a- answer is different. Just, just answer the best way you can. 
yeah, each day is different, which, I, which is why I like my job because every day is a different deal. So like today, I, for example, was crazy with all the uh, final floor stuff going on. So today was just kind of like a, it was like a fire drill all day, like this request. And <laughs> like tomorrow we have um, CBS coming in tomorrow and ESPN coming in tomorrow for six hours to do like all this like background stuff on uh, follow us behind the scenes and all this confidential stuff. So that, that's, but obviously that's an abnormal day, but a normal day. Um, if, I, if we have no events, I get in around, I drop the kids off at school at eight. I'm in the office by like eight 30. And a lot of it's just prep work for whatever, whatever events we have coming on, but a, a normal game day, um, we have a basketball game at seven. I usually get to the read at five. So, you know, we set up, set up everything up, get it ready to go. And then, um, a lot of our work is done is after the game though. It's just, you know, the post game press conference and then, um, writing the game stories and getting the stats updated and, and uh, um, sending off the, the game files to the NCAA and the conference office. A lot of the stuff takes place after the game um, with that. So it's kind of a, every day is different, but game days are long, but they're also the, probably the most fun days of the week as well. You get to watch the games for free. We do. <laughs> and, 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 and get a great seat, which yeah. is, which is right I've there. Seen you, I've seen you on TV many times sitting courtside. You do it. You get yeah, the best seat, seat in the house. Yeah, we get the best. Uh, Big East tournament is my favorite weekend of the year. I get because um, I sit literally. I'm half court on the on the floor, so it's me, MPC, MPC, MPC and then Gus Johnson and Fox. I'm right. That's my best weekend of the year. Is, is the Big East tournament? That's the that's my favorite. In the as garden. Fun as the NCAA tournament. In the garden. Yep. Fun as the NCAA tournament wow. is Big East tournament. My favorite weekend of the year. No question. Man, oh man, that is that is absolutely incredible. Just a. Like, that's like a sports guy's dream, you know, just especially when it comes to the sports that you love. And you get to do it on multiple aspects, football, yeah. basketball. Like, I, I believe you've um, done work with the golf program, lacrosse yeah. program mm -hmm. as well. And yeah. that's just being on multiple facets of um, all things sports. I, I'm going to throw, throw a little curveball. I'm going to throw a little curveball at you. All right. I want to know how it felt. 2001, if I believe, with Brian Westbrook winning the Walter Payton yeah. Award. What, yeah, how, what, was, what was your impact on that? What was your um, what was yeah. your role in that? I wish I wish you had told me you're going to ask me that question. I'd, I'd have brought a little prop to show you what we did. So um, so Brian Westbrook was a was a phenomenal story. Obviously, a phenomenal player, and um, we're still really good friends to, the, to, to this day. He's a great guy, um, but he was, a, he, you know, he was, he was considered the third best running back in his recruiting class at Villanova, third best. And then wow. the first couple weeks of camp, we're like, no, man, this, who is this dude? Like he just jumped off the page. I like, who, like, who is this guy? And um, so his junior year, he lost to Walter Payton were by like, I don't know, 15 votes, 20 votes to a guy named Adrian Peterson who ended up not, not the, not the Adrian Peterson that played for a million teams. And, but Adrian Peterson played for Georgia, uh, I think it was Georgia Southern, yeah, he Georgia for Southern. the Bears. So he lost okay. to him and we thought Brian should have won. So next year we, this is before like technology and all the stuff that goes on today, no social media. So we kind of did this thing called um, wild, wild Westbrook. We dressed him up as a cowboy and this uh, on this like promotional thing we did. And we had, we, we, we had fun with it. We, we had like the, the director, the head coach, the producer, the offensive coordinator. And we dressed him up in this. He, he was a good sport about it. And um, it was this flower. It was a flyer about eight by 10 uh, color flyer. And I was able to get a hold of every mailing address of every voter in the country. And we mailed those things out every Monday. We kept, we, we kept the, the back blank and we, we type in like what he did that week 
and then the season stats. So every week we mail those out to 140 people, these wild, wild Westbrook um, <laughs> things. And uh, I don't know if it helped or not, but he, but he won. And, um, and so fast forward, he goes to the, to the Eagles and I don't know how some of his teammates got a hold of that, a hold of that, uh, you know, that flyer. Oh, they killed him for it. So they started calling <laughs> we, we had him in cowboy boots. We had him in a hat, everything. So they started calling him little boots. So all his Eagles oh. teammates called him little boots because of the because uh, of the flyer that we did. So it's um, and I just had my neighbor actually funny uh, you bring it up because a couple weeks ago he asked me um, he saw it somewhere and his buddy's getting married and Westbrook was his favorite Eagle. So he, he asked me to get to get a copy of him to get an autograph. And Brian was a great sport. He did it and autographed it and, and everything. So he was a great great player. He's also little known story, phenomenal basketball player. Uh, he, he wasn't going to play Division One basketball, and um, he ended up playing football, which was the right choice. But he played at DeMatha High School in Baltimore, outside of D.C., which is a great mm, program. Yeah. Mm. And I think to this day, he has the highest field goal percentage in DeMatha history. Wow. Um, oh, wow. We got lucky. And he's, he's still there? He's still in the area? He, he lives in uh, Brooklyn, married, married with three kids in Brooklyn. And um, we got lucky because he broke his hip in a dunking contest his end of his junior year. So he missed most of his senior year of football. So it wasn't a lot of film. He's been recruited by all the big boys until he, until he got hurt. And it basically came down to Villanova, um, William Mary, and Richmond. Those are the three schools that came down to. And uh, our running back coach called him and saw him play basketball. So I, I love this kid. That's how he ended up at Villanova. And that wow. running back coach is now a coach at Temple. Mm. That is awesome. I'm just going to throw this out here. Hey, um, JR Speaks, I was, well, this is to you. I did this for you, sir. He's a dot. He's a diehard Philadelphia Eagle fan. And so I know okay. he's a big fan of Brian Westbrook. And I was just yeah. doing a little research. I was having to say that. It's a phenomenal story. And that, yeah. is, that is incredible. He, he's That's the best. Brian's, he, Brian is such such a such a good guy and uh, very supportive of Villanova. And like I say, he's still a great friend today. He's, I, I can't say enough good things about him. It's great. Perfect. So it's all, all those good moments. How... What what ranks does anything rank higher than the Chris Jenkins shot? That was what in Houston against for, Carolina. For me correct? or for Villanova? For you, for me for or you personally? For you personally? Because um, you were sitting courtside for that one, correct? I was, and actually, um, you know who sat Bilal, right behind me? Bela is a bit of a Tar Heel back. He's a Clemson guy, but well, he always kind of liked them. But who was sitting behind right you? Behind your, your guy was right behind me. He actually actually borrowed a pen from me during the game. Your guy, Tony Romo. He sat <laughs> right, literally right behind me. See, right behind wow. me. Um, you had a seat yeah, in was, front of Tony Romo. That, yeah. I, was, I, I, was in, I was in front of Tony Romo and Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan was to my left, three rows back. So I was in front of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> but that was just pure luck. That's where the administration seats. That's where our administration <laughs> seats are. Got to be for the, before the regular seats. Um, yeah, that was the ultimate. I mean, to win the national championship in that fashion was, I mean, and people, people will remember Chris Jenkins shot. They don't remember the crazy shot that North Carolina hit the Senate to overtime. That, that guy, yeah. if he takes it 10 times, he makes it once. And he made that one shot. And, um, but to win, to win the national championship like that, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the ultimate right there. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I was going crazy for you watching the game. You know, yeah. I'm not even a Villanova fan and I was going crazy for you in South yeah. Carolina. And obviously <laughs> lot less drama two years later against Michigan. That was right. They, they yeah, handily defeated Michigan. Yeah. We talked about that. Like 16 um, was 
it was hard because we, you know, we had to, we had to really work through that tournament. If you remember correctly, we had, we had some close calls. We had to beat. Yeah, but did you kill? Did they kill Oklahoma like a an incredible Final Four game? Yeah, but in the Swiss in the Elite Eight, we had a close, close game with Kansas down in Louisville. Close game, and then we played Oklahoma, who beat us by twenty early in the year. And honestly, I knew I, I knew we were going to win that game. Our guys are ready for that. One. We we blew them out. But like I think it was the biggest. I think it was the biggest the biggest win in history of the Final Four. I think maybe about forty. It, I think. it was. I think it was crazy. That was yeah. a buddy Buddy Heald's team or Buddy Buddy. Yeah, was on that so team. it was. Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Carolina was obviously a great game, but then eighteen was a better city for the final four. Uh, San Antonio was a much better city than Houston for the final four. So the city was better, but we, we just ran through though. We had one tough game at that whole tournament. And it was, um, it was in Boston. West Virginia gave us everything we wanted in a sweet 16 game, really close game that we okay. pulled away late, but um, both games in the, in the, in the final four, we, we destroyed Kansas and, and beat Michigan bad. So how does this year's team rank? We got, we got a shot of beating Kansas oh. on Saturday. I mean, I mean, I know that Villanova's thing right now, it seems to be, Obviously, free throws and defense. Yeah, can, can yeah. they score enough to 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 beat Kansas? Because I Kansas got what this Abaji. Is that how you say his name? This kid's an All American. He looked really, really good in this tournament. Yeah, that's the magic question. Can we score enough? Because we are. Uh, I don't know if you followed it closely, but we lost one of our best players on Sunday. Uh, yeah. Tor- oh. Torres Achilles, and he's Ooh, a he, huge loss. I mean, he's a very good player. He's a second leading scorer. But he's also um, he he defends our, the other team's best players. So. And what didn't get any attention was two days before the NC tournament start, started, we lost this kid, fresh, this freshman kid, Jordan Longino. If you look at his numbers, you're like, oh, okay, that's not a big loss. But he had really started playing really well. He's like a 6'4", six, 6'5", six, athletic kid. Um, he gave us another perimeter player. So now we're down two perimeter players. So I, I, I don't know. Um, if we, the question is, can we score enough? I, I know they're going to try. I know they're going to play hard, and Coach Ray's going to have a good game plan. So I think the question is, can, can we score enough with, with those guys out? Because we, we don't have much of a bench, um, much room for error with, with those guys out. But I think they're going to they're gonna give it a try. I tell you that. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, hey, w- one thing I'll, I'll, I'll say that, um, and we kind of were making fun of Gonzaga a little bit ago, is not being battle tested. And, I mean, mm-hmm. Villanova, this year you got UCLA right, off the, right out of the gate. You had, what, two games with UConn. Uh, Purdue, Baylor, even losing those games, those toughen you up and get you ready for this time of year. I mean, they're not every one of those games would wins, but again, when you're playing that kind of competition, that has, has to have you prepared for the situation. Really good point. And I think coach Rice talked about it a couple of times this year. He thought he actually overscheduled to be honest with you. He thought he played too many tough teams and put our, put our guys in some bad, some tough spots. If you remember um, Baylor destroyed us in mm. a game. I don't know if we scored 40 points, but I mean, and I remember he, he just talked about last week at the NCAA tournament in the media session. Um, he thought at that point we were really tired because we had gone through the gauntlet of playing all those teams. He thought we just were tired, you know, but he thought playing those teams did eventually uh, pay off for us in the, in the, in the conference season and then in, in the postseason. Because like you said, we played, played them all. We played yeah. Baylor's defense. We played, um, uh, uh, what, what do you call it? Um, uh, Syracuse with their zone. Uh, played Purdue with their height. In the garden. Mm-hmm. play Purdue at their heights. We play a lot of different teams with a lot of different styles. So I, I think it did help us and it did definitely make us test it. There's no question about it. I, I definitely see this game is more like um the it was the indestructible force of immovable object. Yeah. yeah. Because two Something's contrasting styles. Kansas yep. loves to um speed up the pace. 
And that's yep. I think that's where um where um, Miami went wrong. They were trying to keep up with Kansas. No, you need to slow Kansas down. Correct. And Villanova is they have that program. They like to slow the ball down, half court offense. I think it's going to be a very interesting watch. I again, I did see that. Um, I did see that injury, and that and I was like, "Ooh, that." Me and Scott both said it. This, yeah. Yes, but yeah. Um, I, I saw, and I, I and I heard about that Longino kid too. I knew he was he was playing well too. I, I was reading about. Yeah, him. he was he was he was playing. It just felt bad for Justin Moore. It's such, I mean, so bad for the kid. He he worked that hard. He's had a great career up to this point. He had a chance to go to the Final Four. Yeah. Is he, he a senior, Dean? He's a junior. He's a junior. But um, you tear your kills at 50 seconds ago in the game. Like, that's yeah. brutal. Brutal. Yeah, these chances aren't guaranteed to come to come every single year for sure. Exactly. Hey, hey. so but before we let you go, just uh, you, you mentioned to me personally earlier, you're uh, going to New Orleans on Wednesday, correct? Correct. So what 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 kind of what's what happens from like Wednesday until Saturday? What what's what do you yeah. do to prepare? What's the, how's the team get ready for that? I mean, is is it is there any time for fun? I mean, I know New Orleans <laughs> is a is a it's a fun place. I've never been there, but it, that that's what I hear. Is. But I mean, what 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 take us through what that's going to be like for the next couple of days? Yeah, me. so I'll go down Wednesday now on the team the team charter. I'll go down Wednesday, and then um, Thursday is uh, the first day of. I mean, the media scrutiny and the media availability is is nothing like it we went in 2009 and then went again in 2016 and that seven years it changed so drastically so so thursday the team will have a closed practice at the superdome and then from 11 30 to 3 30 is all media obligations so that's when they oh, wow. do you know, when you, you know when you turn, turn the game on you see like the um the the shots with like the fire going on and the dance shots yeah. and all the glamour shots they do all that on thursday wow. it's like four hours of it you know that's crazy um, and then um, uh, Friday will be media availability again, practice, and then we'll, we'll play. We'll play on Saturday. The team won't. The team will kind of be in the hotel, but I think uh, us staff members will have some fun. We'll, we'll, we'll hit Bourbon Street and uh, check out the, get, <laughs> get some good get some good meals in the French Quarter. I hear you, buddy. Well, I'm 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 rooting for you guys. I'm I'm happy for you. Congratulations on all the success you've had. Three Final Fours in the last six seasons. I mean, that's. That, that's incredible. Jay Wright's that's our guy now. He's our our, our new <laughs> new new model coach. K, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's our Listen, new guy now. You guys got to come up. Uh, come on a road trip next year. Uh, trips on the uh, tickets. Everything on me. Come on, come to a game. Come we on road up. tripping. Are we road <laughs> tripping? <laughs> <Done. We're> done. <laughs> we there. We will. We will be there. When the schedule comes out, courtside seats. I take care of parking. All I gotta do is get there. Get there and, and get a hotel, and I take care of everything else. It's on me. You're our favorite guest we ever had. <laughs> yes, sir. I know. I know we have UCLA coming to our place next year, so I don't know if that date works. But um, we'll, we'll play some good teams. So you, you guys come on up. Oh, yeah. I love it. I yes, love it. Yes. Thank you so much for that. Yes, well, and then thank you, Dean Kenefick, for joining us here on the Sports Bowls podcast. He is the senior associate AD of communications at Villanova University. Good luck to you and the Wildcats. Um, in a few days. Thank you very much, Dean. Thank you for, for Thanks, guys, for having me. I, I enjoyed it. I love, love to come on anytime. All right, buddy. Thank you very much. One more time. Absolutely. That's Dean. One more time. That's Dean Kennedy hey joining us here on the Sports Bros Podcast. Thank you, Dean. See you guys. All right. Once again, thanks to Dean Kennefick for joining us here on the Sports Bros Podcast. But fellas, I don't know about y'all, but according to my watch, it's about that time. Uh, yo, yo, uh, what time is it? What's what's happening? What's going on? Ooh.
<laughs> what time is all? Oh, I'm glad you asked. It is time once again for our favorite portion of the Sports Bowls podcast. It is the choices of the voices. And with that being said, hey, yo, button, hit it. Ding! Choices of the voices. And now, our favorite part of the show, the choices of the voices. Once again, thank you to the wonderful and ever so lovely Miss Button for introducing our favorite portion of the show. You heard the woman. We've been doing this thing 149, 150 plus times. It is another version of our favorite portion of the show, the choices of the voices. And Scotty D, what's on tap for this week's choices of the voices? All right. Well, he's still going strong. Talk about Coach K. He made it through yet another weekend. Uh, he's maxing out going as far as he can. Uh, we talked about this a little bit already earlier with Dean, but we talked about now that, that Coach K is going to be stepping aside. He's going from the universally recognized best coach in the game to retirement, leaving who as the best college basketball coach active in the game today. And uh well, B-Live and I kind of did our spoilers already, but uh, let's see what else we got here, Eddie. Cool. What, uh, what are the people saying? All right, so here we go. We got Tom Wynn, Tom Winner, Winner, Chicken Dinner. He said, look at Mark Few's winning percentage and consistently great seasons over 20-year span. Few can match that. But uh, A little pun there, but no. again, they can't, they, they can't break through. Wasn't, didn't Gonzaga make it to the finals in 2017 and lose to North Carolina? Wasn't that the year that South Carolina was in the final four as well? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I th- if, it was Gonzaga made the finals last year. They they did. They lost yeah, to Baylor they lost last Baylor. year. <laughs> and, that's yeah, it. and we thought they were we thought last year was going to be it for them. We thought that was their year. So that's no, twice no, they made it to we. the finals. Yeah, oh, I we I, I picked Baylor. I I saw them I saw that guard play from Baylor. I picked that all day. Right, well, right, right, right. Throughout, throughout the throughout the course of that season last year, it looked like Gonzaga's year. Baylor kind of came out of nowhere because you know they had the Big Twelve was good. Did you guys know that the, the Big Twelve now has been in the Final Four four straight years? I think that's like the longest streak. Yep, that crazy. Years. Four straight years that the, the Big Twelve is represented in the Final Four, yep. but Gonzaga again can't can't quite break through. Mark, that, that's not saying Mark Few's not a great coach. He, he absolutely is. It's just his his conference is just not as not as testing as as what we said before acc sec yeah. big 12 big 10 yeah yeah who else we got there what else what else we see yeah you're right Scott. you gotta have a 1a and 1b and then everybody else all right james maloney he said Izzo, and then he said few so i think he chose two well i would i i've always felt that tom Izzo was maybe upper echelon but again, he hasn't had a national championship since what was it like two thousand? Yeah, and I think we, we we talked about this with Dean too. He he said Jay Wright had mentioned he thought maybe he had overscheduled a little bit this year. With all, you know, we listed some of the more difficult teams they played on their schedule out of conference, and I always thought that happened with with uh, Michigan State. You look at them every year; they they start with like Duke, Kentucky, Kansas right out of the gate almost every year. They play one of those teams. They always play a difficult schedule. I think sometimes that works against them a little bit and it gives them a lower seed in the tournament. But nonetheless, I think Izzo is phenomenal. I've always been a big Tom Izzo fan. 
Yeah, I like him too. Izzo, Izzo's been to the Final Four eight times. And only has has one... it been that many? Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. I knew he'd been there a few. I, okay. Well, you know that he, he's he's a good answer as anybody. I, I would say. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. He's he's fantastic, and he's recruiting to a harder part of the country to recruit to. I mean, it's not warm up there like it is in the Carolinas. You know, <laughs> Coach K. Roy Williams guys always had a little bit of warmth to recruit with down in the, in the south. Get, getting a kid to come from out of town to it's cold in Michigan. It's cold, it's cold up there. It's, yeah, that's, it's, that's, cold. A it's that's a challenge into itself. Hey, if it's cold here in Cleveland, it is definitely cold in East Lansing. Trust <laughs> yeah. me. Hey, they get the mess a lot of times before we get the mess. It's just a prelude for the interlude. All right, so here we go. Matty Ice Martin Tracy said he said it's John Calipari hands down. Um, he said he put UMass on must watch TV while he was coaching there. He did, because I remember Lou Rowe, Marcus Camby, uh, a few other guys there. Um, then a few years later, he pops up in Memphis, and if not for five free throws missed by Derrick Rose with seconds left, um, it should they should have beat Kansas. Um, who got Chambers lucky? Who who got Chambers lucky for the title? I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but then you put him in charge of a blue blood, and it almost isn't fair. I understand that, yeah. Um, he's so good, he's got to do it with different teams every one to two years because his recruits keep going pro. He makes millionaires everywhere. He goes and wins. All his teams are innovative and dribble drive motion offense. Imagine if his players stuck around for more than one or two years to match his system. Great eye for talent. You can say what you want to about John Calipari, but the man knows how to find he knows how to find talent. You can't, I, I can't deny that. You can't deny it. You can think he's scumbag, you think he stinks. The man ought to find talent. I, I think that's a good point too that that Matty Ice brings up. If if all of his players, all these guys that left after one or two, if if anyone would stay for a considerable amount of time, that they would have won more championships. No, you can't you can't tell me that like Anthony Davis as a junior or senior wouldn't have had a chance oh, at, a, at a title. You know, multiple that, guys in Kentucky's program. That well, that was again. I mean, that's sort of his own doing or sure. undoing oh, yeah. per se. Like sure. that's that's. That's the talent he was going for. And once again, there's there's certain levels and echelons when it comes to what your what your role is. He's he's essentially put himself as a position where he can take guys that don't want to go the collegiate route, but they have to. And he's got a program that welcomes those players in and gives them a basically a stepping stool to get to the professional level. True. Very and true. so he has elevated a lot of players that we may or may not have ever heard of outside of their town and everything. And he's also molding them. It's not necessarily where I can sit here on the, in the back side and say, like, man, this one and done is bad for the player. And this, that. They need to get their whole education and stuff like that. I've calmed down a little bit. I used to be that guy. I sort of still am because I really still don't like him. But I said what I said. Um at the end of the day, I have to, you do have to appreciate what he has done. He's made an impact in a lot of young players' lives. And then I'm pretty yep. sure, like, and he continues to communicate with them all throughout their um, NBA career. So well, I, he I will encourages say, them to go, too. Yeah, he doesn't oh, try yeah. to hold anybody back. If he thinks they're ready, he'll tell them, don't stick around here, go make some money. And then a little side note that you may or may not have known, you know, I, I like the research stuff. I really don't like the research. It's just happened to pop up on Wikipedia. Um, John Calipari was a point guard for UNCW back in 1978 to 1980. Wow. 
<laughs> this is a little something that you may have never thought of. He played and went to UNCW, and he played as a point guard there. Who would have thought? And and he also spent time in the in the Pittsburgh area. And another guy that are uh, <laughs> as, as I'll get to it a little bit later, it has not been the head coach of Pitt. Anyway, <laughs> next. He, he was um, he was an assistant at Pittsburgh from eighty five to eighty eight. Yeah, <laughs> an assistant. All right, friends of the Didn't show. Get promoted. Didn't get promoted. No, but, went to UMass ah, instead. But ah, we gonna put you right here, and that's about it. All right, all right, friends of the show. Jr. says Penny Hardaway. And little he early, might, little, he might, little he early. Might, he <laughs> might he might have put that answer before the allegations uh, and. Uh, um, NCAA violations came across because, um, well, Penny, yeah, you got, um, that's you got so much planning to do. Yeah. <laughs> Is he in trouble? Uh, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some, um, level one and level two violations going on. Oh, in no. right now. Chicanery. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm seeing it now from a couple of days. Yeah, I, I missed that over the weekend somehow. <laughs> Dang it! But you know, I, 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 I felt, and I felt like they were trending in the right way too. I, I think Penny's still green as a coach, but he's, it seemed like he's starting to get players, and and they're buying in. I mean, they, they, they had a, who beat them? Wasn't it Gonzaga beat them? Maybe, I think, I think that's who eliminated them. Mm-hmm. But that, that sounds right. That sounds right. Gonzaga. Yeah, I think that in round two, that that Gonzaga knocked them out. But they seem like they're they're making strides. Oh, I don't. Violations. Come on. Next. But I mean, Next. I think I think it's something that, that he can overcome. I think it just one of them is still stemming from uh, what James Wiseman, that yeah, whole situation. Yep. Oh, I think, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I think that some of that's still stemming from that. But I, I think they'll be able to oh, hopefully he'll he'll be able to overcome it. And Penny Hardaway, like um JR um alluded to, he's 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 got some things. He, um he's doing some good things at Memphis. I hope they they can overcome this and continue to grow. So we'll I see. Agree. Rick yeah. Patino has 75 violations and he's still <laughs> and, I mean, he's still, is, and so. he's still got a damn job. <laughs> now, now well, that, Iona. No, no, listen. Uh, no, listen. You want to talk about people coming back? That bleep bleep came back too. <laughs> come on now. If he can come back, the Penny Harder play can for sure come back. All right. Uh rounding out the uh, top five bunch, we got Tanner Port. What's up, Tanner? And Tanner said Tom Izzo. Again, right. nice, nice. Uh, we can't can't argue if you think that's that he's one of the top coaches. And um, uh, he's one of background. mine. Quick background, my man Tanner. Um, he is a diehard. And when I tell you, when I say diehard, I really, really mean diehard Duke fan. Diehard. Oh, so big he, weekend um, for Tanner. Big weekend. So yeah, he's um I've seen he's gone to multiple games at Cameron Indoor. Um, he lives here in um, Fayetteville now, but I've him and him and his wife Heather, um, two very good friends of mine. I do appreciate the love and support. But yeah, they they are definitely diehard Duke fans, and I'm gonna be rooting for North Carolina because that's how I go. Just to let everybody <laughs> know, we had two choices in life: being from the small area of North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, growing up. In football, it was Clemson or um, the game check. Um, in basketball, in, in, um, in basketball, it was Duke or UNC. Clemson, North South Carolina had storied basketball programs growing up. Duke and North Carolina were right up the road. It's it's the Carolinas, baby. Y'all know what time it is. 
So I grew up a North Carolina basketball fan. Hey, hats off to the South Carolina Gamecocks women's basketball program. They have a thing going. And just a little, um, another little caveat, Dawn Staley just signed an extension to her contract, making her the richest college basketball coach, having the, um, getting paid the most, surpassing Gino R.E.M. Wow. Dawn Game Staley. Gamecocks spending money. Yeah. Spend, spend that money, bring them chips <laughs> with the deal. So, <laughs> so definitely want to give a shout out to Dawn Staley um, with that accomplishment. She's done a lot of big things for the women's basketball program, not just for South Carolina, but as a whole. Mm-hmm. And so one one thing I didn't notice, there was a story about her where um, when they won the championship, um, she actually sent out pieces of the net to like other like um small one of one of the um one of the coaches was actually Howard and other um HBCUs and she's mm-hmm. so she's got like almost like a network of um coaches that she encourages and everything and trying to build up them smaller schools and stuff like that. So Don Staley's done a lot for the culture and for the sport. So hats off to her well deserved. God culture. that hurts. God that hurts saying that with a Clemson shirt on. All right, I'm good. I'm good. I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm all right. I, I made it. All right, cool. Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm just over here like, oh, bask in this glory. Yes, yes. <laughs> I will take it any way I can get it because I've been giving credit to Clemson for God knows how long. Be live. I appreciate it. I appreciate it <laughs> very much. All right, oh, Phil. So, so with that being said, everybody else told us their coaches. What say y'all? I mean, well, without, without without going much further until we we kind of already we're, we're on board with Jay Wright. We're, at, we're we're going we're going with Jay. I'm rooting for him this weekend. I hope they win it all. I hope they do. Yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna throw this out here because you can't go wrong with any of the coaches that are in the Final Four right now. You can't go wrong with any one of them. Uh, only thing about Hubert Davis is that he just hasn't built his legacy yet. But this is a very very a good strong start. start. It's yeah. A very, yeah. Very good start to um, his legacy. So, but yeah, nobody mentioned Bill Self. Yeah, Bill Self is always in the mix too. Uh, But again, he's another one like Gizzo. He actually has one ring. But I wonder, do you happen to have in front of you, Be Live, how many times he's been to the Final Four with with Kansas? Because this 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 Kansas train's been rolling along from Larry Brown into Roy Williams, and and Self has been at the wheel now for a long time. I mean, he's. He's got to be one of the, you know, winningest basketball coaches, Absolutely. you know, ever. He's he's got to be up there by now. Yeah, he yeah, has, he's uh, um he's, Bill, um, Bill, he's in the four, four final yeah, fours, four four final fours. Okay, what one he won? He's got one championship in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. He's been with Kansas since two thousand and three. So this is, I believe, this will be his nineteenth year, and so so he I, he's definitely up there. And but yeah, yeah the Kansas. Kansas blue blood is one of those things where you, 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 <laughs> to, to keep that program, to keep it going like it does, hey, hats off to him as well. But yeah, my answer is definitely Jay Wright, without question. Just like day and day. You, you heard a bunch of it in our previous segment, which is phenomenal, by the way. I'm still like on cloud nine from talking. <laughs> oh my goodness. That was just, that was, that was ta- awesome talking with Dean and definitely want to give. Props to Jay Wright and the Villanova program. I'm still rooting for North Carolina. I said what I said. <laughs> but and you got a different answer from us? 
Yeah, I'm gonna have to say Tom Izzo, man. I don't know what it okay. is about Tom to the Izzo. I mean, he's he he's turned out talent. Think about it from Morris Peterson to Mateen Cleaves, right up to Draymond Green and everything in between. I mean, it's just even though he yeah. has that one national championship to his credit, I mean, championships are nice, but to be in one place for a long time, as he, he's been this since 1995. Yeah, so he's yeah. been there for, for quite some time for him to just. And he was an assistant um, from 83 to 95. So he's actually been to Michigan State since 1983 mm. and became the head coach in 95. But he's been there for, uh, wow. Uh, well, I was born in 82. He's been there the entire time. I've been alive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's been, he, he been there ever. Like Bertie Mac said, you know, it's a long time. We take the foe off of it. Right, right. Ever? ever? Yeah, he's been there ever. He's just been there forever, man. And it's just, um, you know, he has his good years. He has his bad years. But whenever you go to East Lansing, get ready for a fight. Get ready for a fight. Yeah. Even, though, even though he had that controversy a while back about him getting into the players' faces. Hey, look, man, it's called tough love. Yeah. Tom Izzo loved them, loved them boys. Tom Izzo, matter of fact, you know, like, and, and I keep thinking about to Hubert Davis, his post-game interview. He's crying, kind of looking like the stoic there, like, oh, I'm just happy to be here. And the guy and the kids are in the background, just like, I mean, it's just, it just, it damn near, boy, I, I almost got in my feels. And I'm like, yeah, those, those kids have bought in a hundred percent. Yeah. He, he crying tears of joy. They just, I mean, they looking like, I mean, I, you know, they're young men, but I see the childlike enthusiasm in North Carolina. I see the childlike enthusiasm. They jumping up and down and da 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 He's standing there being a daddy, trying to hold it together. Like, oh, uh, oh, uh, who cut names? Anyways. he There was a moment in that interview where he was trying to tell the reporter, no, no. Talk to them. Talk to yeah, them. Talk, yeah, 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 he, yeah, he said talk to them. Yeah, he said talk to them. It ain't about me. It's ain't about me. She over here with the mic with the kid. She don't want to, yeah, she don't want to cooperate. I heard him say in an interview today also that he was he's excited for the kids to get to the hotel, to see their pictures hanging in the rafters, to go through all these things that he got to go through as a player. So you know, I, I've never been a North Carolina fan, but I kind of like this guy as as a, as a as a next coming coach. You know, I who knows? I'm mean, like you said, B Love. He's off to a heck of a start. Years from now, he could be in the elite conversation. Yes, well, and well, and nobody mentioned Bayheim, another one of my old favorites. Uh, yes. <laughs> I think I, I, I think I, I think I've done a rant before on Bayheim, but guy, again, talking about recruiting to a cold part of the country and getting players. That's he's another one that's put out some pretty good players. Yeah. Jim, 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 Bay, Bam. Jim, Jim Bam is pretty good when his kid ain't beating up people, but I, I digress. No, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jim Bayheim, That's another guy that you cannot discount either. He was just like my favorite memory of him is that meme where he has, he's a Duke pitching a whole hissy fit and like and, and and he's another coach like like one thing we say about these coaches when you can tell the coaching and the culture is superb when the kids buy into the philosophy and they play and they and, they, and just play and it's all about a team mentality we see it with Villanova we see it with North Carolina we see it with teams like Michigan State I mean hell we even saw it with um with St. Peter's right Mm-hmm. Yeah, we see with St. Peter's when a good coaching. One of the key to good coaching is getting your team to buy into the culture. You hear that future coaches out there? I know my forehead shining. That's neither here nor there. 
I be live, self inflict. I did it. You coaches, future coaches want to be coaches, soon to be coaches. Mm-hmm. Get your program where the kids buy into it, and then you'll see. You and you'll see more moments like with Hubert Davis and the kids and the churn back there in the background. All right, that does it for another edition of Choices of the Voices. Scotty D, what's on to the, the tap for next week? Okay, some of you are not going to like this question. Oh, that's okay. This was actually uh, a suggestion from our friend Hunter Simboli, uh, who we may be talking to next week, right, Eddie? We're going to try to get him on yes. for a little baseball talk next week. Okay, yes. so yeah. anyway, yeah, he, 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 he's connected to the organization. Oh, yeah, he's he connected. A, he's connected. He, the, the Guardians Weekly podcast coming soon. Matter of fact, yeah. 411. Yes, 411 coming soon. So we had we talked to him a couple weeks ago, and this was a suggestion, and I'm going to go with it. Because it's WrestleMania week. Ooh. Give us your favorite WrestleMania moment or match from years past. And I know some of you guys aren't wrestling fans. This will be our last wrestling question for a while. Uh, but we like wrestling, and it is WrestleMania weekend. So we're, we're going to do a, one more wrestling one, and we'll, we'll get, off that, get off that for a while. But anyway, favorite WrestleMania match or moment. And I'll give us something to talk about next weekend. Cool. Oh, I can hear Matty Ice and Tom. I don't, I don't oh. give up. <laughs> We we do what we want on the show. That's we like right. wrestling. That's I right. said what I said, and so just 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 know you don't have to answer. Don't have to be a voice this week. It's okay. Hey, we'll see you next week. We'll and if you going. ain't down with that, we got two words for you. Bye bye. <laughs> <laughs> Got to keep a PG, fellas. Got to keep a PG, fellas. <laughs> Well, hell, well, hell yeah, son. I'm listening to the Sports Balls Podcast. They're supposed to come to Texas. Well, hell yeah, son. Hey, come back next week. Favorite WrestleMania moments right here on the Sports Balls Podcast. Okay, boys, let's bring it home with a round of pepper. All right, you know what time it is. It's time for us to go home and get what I call the hell up out of here. But before we go, we're going to do a round of pepper. That's right. You know how we do it. Three topics, rapid fire style, kind of sort of not really, here to engage, enlighten, and entertain. And in typical Eddie Cool fashion on this day in history, I'll go first. All right. On this day in history, back in 1999, the 61st NCAA Men's National Basketball Championship, Connecticut beats Duke 77-74, to and this gives the UConn Huskies their first title game in their first title game, their first title in their first title game appearance. Richard Hamilton, remember Richard Hamilton, who spent most of his career in a face mask <laughs> yeah. for the UConn Huskies. He was named the most outstanding player, and he had a whopping 145 total points in the tournament. So, uh, yeah, shout out to the Huskies. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, quick, uh, just a quick note here um, about golf, and that was Scotty Shuffler defeated Kevin Kisner on Sunday to win the match play tournament. That is now three wins and five starts for Scotty Shuffle this year. He is the new number one player in the world, replacing John Rahm. Scotty Scheffler, numero uno in the PGA, new number one. Just wanted to enlighten you there, fellas. Be live over to you. Go, Scotty. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, you got to love the nostalgia of baseball and one of the biggest stories that's going on right now is that Albert Pujols is coming back home. That's official? 
That is official. He is a St. Louis Cardinal. Reaching a deal, one-year deal, I believe. Let me pull this up. Valued at $2.5 million. And so, essentially, this is a this is a feel-good story for him to retire, pretty much, um, where he started his illustrious career. Now, here's one thing I want to happen, though, because is there is it possible for him to crank out 21 home runs? Because if he can, that will get him to the big 700 Ooh. home runs. So I will officially be on Albert Pujols' watch for the duration of the season to see if he can get to 700. First ballot Hall it. of Famer. Ah, I, 42 years, I don't think he, 40, I don't think hey, he has 42 years old. I mean, maybe. Um, Got to stay avoc- healthy. Avocado stay ice healthy. cream. Hey, yeah. Talk to Tom, the top, talk to Tom <laughs> Edward Fitzpatrick, Aloysius, Order of Canada, <laughs> Brady third. Get on the call. Help. Help. How did I do it? How do you do it, brother? <laughs> Eddie Cool. The ball. All right. With that being said, yesterday the WWE announced the Steiner brothers. Well, a, a little quick disclaimer: if you're Tom Wynn and Matty Ice, just go ahead and turn the podcast off right now because we're going to talk about your least favorite sport, professional wrestling. As I just mentioned, the Steiner brothers will be inductees into the 2022 um, WWE Hall of Fame. All right. Now, if you've been watching wrestling for a very long time, like I have, you know. Rick and Scott Steiner, they're the, they're the boys from Michigan, the actual real-life brothers. They wrestled all over the place from New Japan Pro Wrestling to they had a little small running impact, WCW and NWA back in the days, a multi-time tag team champions. And if you ask me, the Steiner brothers are the best tag team of all time. Holler if you hear me. Yeah, he's got your hook up. Holler if you hear me. <laughs> Just don't ask Scott Steiner doing the math. But you know what? This, you know what I think. <laughs> and I think this kind of capped off because I guess Scott Steiner had to agree on it. Does this mean that Ron Breaker will be Rex Steiner? We shall. Ah, oh, we shall see. Shout out to the Steiner brothers. Over to you, Scotty D. All right, here's another one in the combat world and a good guy, guy that I think is a pretty good guy. And this is Kevin Holland, UFC fighter who. Uh, you guys may have known him. He's a young African-American guy who during the pandemic had some fights in the in the in the Ve- in the you know the Vegas setting where there's no mm-hmm. fans and you can hear him talk. He talks the whole time. I mean fights. He yeah. talks to his opponent, he talks to Daniel Cormier, he talks to Dana White while the fight's going on. Wildly entertaining guy, had a, ran into a couple rough fights and then went back to welterweight and he just beat a, a very seasoned veteran not too long ago Alex Oliveira in his last fight just uh, maybe three weeks ago anyway back in October he uh, Kevin Holland witnessed somebody running after a car and uh, someone had carjacked gotten carjacked and he helped pursue the carjacker this car wrecked um, they tried to get going again he helped subdue this person until the cops arrived good good deed for for Kevin Holland Again, I think he's a good guy. Kevin Holland, again, ran into a situation just mere weeks ago. He was at a sushi bar in Houston. Him and a friend, he said he's having a couple of adult beverages, and he heard there was a birthday celebration going on behind me. He heard a pop, pop, pop that he thought was maybe champagne or some craziness going on, but it actually was a gunman. A guy pulled a gun, and he was shooting at the ceiling, and Kevin Holland turned his 
his attention, him and his friend turned their attention and saw two men scuffling on the floor. And he said, I picked up a chair, but I didn't know who to hit. I couldn't tell who had the gun. <laughs> so eventually he helped wrestle the gun away from the guy and then slapped him in a rear nose choke and tapped him out until the cops arrived. Kevin Holland, two, two big incidents in, in, in the last six months. To quote an old wrestling favorite, there's one more for the good guy. Be live. Over to you. I like it. I like it. All right. Let me go ahead and break out the pepper grinder because I'm going to try to fit in a lot of information in 60 seconds because. Yeah, good luck. (laughs) And go. This past weekend, um, this past week um, in the NBA, oh, the um, Brooklyn Nets, they now have Kyrie Irving back at home. Ta-da, he's back playing in Brooklyn. And guess what they do the first game? They lose to Charlotte and now sit at the number nine seed. And, hey, look at it this way. They've got five of their last seven games at home and the sixth game, one of their away games, is actually in Madison Square Garden. So, ah, thank you, Mayor Adams. But can they actually make a run? Are they still favored to do anything? I don't think so. They need some more depth, but that's neither here nor there. The Los Angeles Lakers, what are you doing? You had a 23-point oh. lead against the New Orleans Pelicans, and then they lose. And now they sit at the number 10 seed, one game ahead of the Saint, um, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, they could be out of the playoffs on top of that. LeBron James tweaks, sprains his ankle, doubtful for his next game. And the Lakers also have the toughest schedule. Lee, I'm leaving out for the rest of the season. The Lakers are probably going to be sitting outside of the playoffs. Um, the lay double ARPers, the old fellas. What are you doing? What type of who put this team together? Hell, <laughs> while you were sleeping, the Boston Celtics red hot and now sit tied with Miami in the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. Where I've, I've been sleeping on, I've been sleeping on Boston, absolutely been sleeping on them. On the other side in the Western Conference, guess who's back? Chris Paul is back. Chris Paul is back. Ah. And the Suns stay red out. They keep doing what they're doing. The Suns have already clinched the number one seed in all of basketball. Gotta love it. And then on top of that, ah, Dallas beats out Utah this past on weekend. And a preview of a number four versus number five seed, Dallas versus Utah. NBA, I throw it out there. Eddie Cool, the ball. All right, no ball. Oh, wow, that was fast. I almost hit me the damn hit with it. I wasn't paying attention, all right? And speaking of basketball, um, if you've been paying attention, during the winter, I've been on WOBL Radio up here in good old Lorraine, Ohio, and I have been a part of the color commentary team, um, the color commentary team, along with uh, Dave Rivera. And guess what? Me and Dave Rivera said, you know what? Let's get together and let's do an end-of-season podcast for Lorraine County Hoops, all right? Uh, Dave and I will just pretty much be going through our very own end of season awards for all 17 teams in the Lorain County area. All right. And we will also discuss players from Lorain County that made the all conference teams, the first and second versions from the Southwestern Conference, the Great Lakes Conference, the Lorain County 8 Conference, the Sandusky Bay Conference and the Lake Erie League Conference as well, too. That podcast is going to be dropping Friday. So stay tuned. Edwin Vereen, me, also known as Eddie Cool, and Dave Rivera giving you a season wrap-up. So um, it's going to be very entertaining. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for that. Scotty D, you got one more paper point to get us up out of here? I do. Um, so 
Heather Likey is the athletic director at Pitt, my favorite local university. She just extended Pat Narduzzi to 2030. Not sure why. Not like he's winning national championships over here. 2030! He, she extended him. In the meantime, we got Jeff Capel, another, uh, uh, you know, coach from the Coach K tree, losing guys at the transfer portal. In the meantime, local hero Sean Miller is available, and he signs with Xavier, and his brother signs with Rhode Island. And we have Capel losing people. Heather, do better. Do better. Be live. Over to you. Nobody cares about the fighting. We could have had Sean Miller. Ain't nobody care about that. Yes, y'all be football, whatever. Sean Miller. <sighs> With that being said, yeah, hey, calm, calm your, calm your nerves. Anyway. Third and final paper one. You know how I like to do things with the most ridiculous things I see in sports. Um, for those who have not been paying attention, um, most likely Scotty D because he doesn't like the sport. The world of soccer, football, the world's most popular sport, and there goes Scotty D. USA beats Panama five to one, and now sit in a very good place to qualify for the World Cup. But they haven't qualified yet and still found a way to bring a bear out of the field saying they've already qualified. No, you have not. Yes, it's going to take something cataclysmic for y'all to not qualify, i.e. Costa Rica beating the um, U.S. and beating them by six goals because that will take um, the tiebreaker and the goal differential in Costa Rica's hand. But no, you haven't qualified yet. Where'd you get the banner from? I know you had it made already. You haven't qualified yet. Please, please don't lose by six goals to Costa Rica. It shouldn't happen. USA, cop, slow down. Whoa, whoa, slow down, trick daddy. But hey, USA, please make it to the World Cup. Don't be like Italy and lose back and not qualify in back-to-back World Cups. Woo, Italy used to be the pride of the world in soccer. Not anymore. (laughs) Oh, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been a very action-packed, slap-happy edition of the Sports Bowls podcast. Here you go again. Hey, thanks for joining us. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. If you can do something nice with someone else, they'll greatly appreciate it now more than ever. Love each other. Keep your hands to yourself, all right? Your mom and daddy did a good job raising you. Don't shame your parents, all right? Take care of yourself. Be good. It's been another episode of... Let me talk about somebody else's wife. Don't do it. Rose Podcast. Be loud. Take us home. Yes, sir. Hey, it's Eddie Cool here from the Sports Bros Podcast. And do you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life? Wait a minute, don't answer that. The answer is yes. And I know you want some more of the Sports Bros Podcast in your life. Do us a small favor. Go to the description box, click our Linktree link, and you'll see all the links on how to follow the Sports Bros Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.